Don't shake my hand. Shake my Achilles. <laughs> That's right. Uh, welcome to the Pat McAfee Show. It is Thursday, March 12th. And I actually give a little coronavirus conversation uh, about the sporting world in the life that we're currently in the middle of living. This is an insane time. And what our show will try to do is help you escape the absolute fucking chaos happening outside of it. We can't thank you enough for listening. I know there's a lot of things that could be penetrating your ears right now. The fact that you choose us every Tuesday, Thursday, Friday is nothing short of uh, majestic in my eyes. And I can't thank you enough. Remember to use the hashtag, this is where I'm at, Pat, and tweet us a picture of where you listen to this show. Uh, you could potentially win free merch. And we're also putting something together to kind of, you know, showcase this beautiful community that we have. Speaking of community, if you're going to go watch a... I was thinking that, should like, how do you want to do that? Because then we go right into the show, and it's literally just twenty minutes of talking about like people not going to games and. Well, here's the deal. <laughs> okay. okay. Whenever, whenever, whenever it is okayed mm-hmm. to go back and be in public places. Now, granted, there are some states that have zero coronavirus, and there's still live events happening. There's still concerts happening. There's still plays happening and things like that. Obviously, you have to have some common sense, which, by the way, the venues will be thinking for everybody at this point right. because it's their job to. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to go to anything at any time in any place, you have to use our friends at SeatGeek to get the tickets to them because SeatGeek, by the way, this is not good for the ticket business. It's not. Like SeatGeek has been OG sponsor of ours, first sponsor we ever had. Mm-hmm. SeatGeek has been with us through everything. I mean, SeatGeek is the greatest ticket buying platform on planet Earth and the, the moon. moon because they scan all the tickets that are available for everything on the entire internet and make sure you're getting the best value for the tickets that you buy. They've been with us for a long time. This is hard times right now for live tickets. You think about the the leagues, we'll talk about that. And you think about the stadiums and you think about that, but the ticket people are not in a good spot either. So if you're going to go to a place, make sure going to a place that will always have high morals mm-hmm. right that will always that will never catfish you right they, you could shop with confidence and you can get the lowest ticketed prices out there and that's from our friends at SeatGeek. Use promo code Pat right now. Get $10 off your first order. Promo code Mac if you get $20 off your first order. Let's have a little self-awareness. If we're rich, let's go ahead and use promo code Pat. Get $10 off. If we're not rich yet, let's use promo code Mac if you get $20 off our first order. But listen, live events right now are definitely a topic of conversation. Yeah. Definitely a topic of conversation. We didn't hit it, but uh, the first NBA game is going to be played without any fans, and they're thinking that might be a domino for the rest of them. So, Well, you got to be smart. Yeah. And uh, smart people will use SeatGeek when it is time and when it is safe to go experience something live. And also, smart people, we're going to be holed up in our houses, I think, here in just a little bit. A lot of quarantines happening. A lot of quarantines happen. Whenever you're in your house... Make sure you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. I like to, you know, cozy up on my bed with my fiance. You know, dogs come up there. Chuck has stopped shitting in the house, so he and I are become a little bit tighter. Let's go. The cats come on there. Even a three-legged cat, Scootsy, will get her way up there. Now, their new thing is they climb up on the uh, the thing behind me, the headboard. The headboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're up there on top. They're kind of looking down on us, you know, judging us, waiting, always judging. <laughs> but when we're laying on that bed, we all agree that it's the most comfortable surface we've ever laid our bodies on. And that's because I have a Lisa mattress. Lisa is a company that completely flipped the mattress buying experience on its motherfucking head. Okay. You used to have to go into a mattress store 
and you had to talk to a used car salesman like person that wasn't good enough for selling cars so now he's selling mattresses and then he asked you to lay on things try it out try it out did the person that tried it out before have coronavirus uh, probably i would like to know they have lice huh mm, hope not did their grimy little fingers go from their buttholes onto the pillows that i'm currently laying on more than likely yeah that's what mattress stores are they're disgusting <laughs> So Lisa said, listen, we understand that having a comfortable bed is paramount in the mattress shopping experience. So we're going to do science and research and figure out the most comfortable bed imaginable. And you're not going to have to go through that torturous outfit of mattress stores. We're going to ship it right to your front door in a box that you'll be able to unpack in less than five minutes. You'll be able to put that thing in your bedroom and it'll be fluff come to and you'll be laying in the most comfortable bed of your life without ever leaving your house and right now at lisa.com l-e-e-s-a.com it's 10 percent off everything site-wide mm-hmm. get in there now get yourself the best bed imaginable and don't have to experience any other humans while doing so it's convenient it's comfortable it's lisa it's magic just like this show all right i'm coming to you live from my bedroom uh my Pitbull Sharpay mix Valerie is laying here on my right side. Uh, my beautiful fiance is to my left. And Chuck the Corgi that, by the way, no longer shits inside the house. Good news. He has learned to do-do outside, is jumping all around the bed because he's still young and he has massive uh, ADHD. We are living in an absolutely insane time period right now. This coronavirus that started in China from the some sort of animal being eaten, then it was spread quickly, rapidly through China. They were building hospitals to quarantine 50,000 people, 80,000 people. Then it hopped over to Italy and then made it jump over. Italy is now on full lockdown. 60 million people locked down quarantine for probably 30 days. They have people walking around the streets in like military-like uniforms, spraying things down. Former NFL vet, five-year NFL vet Chris Durham from the University of Georgia is currently in Parma, Italy. He sent a video from the apartment he is currently quarantined in over here to America. I put it on my Twitter. You can go check it out. I tried to upload it to my Instagram, but my internet at my house is too slow. I couldn't get up. March Madness now has no fans for now. Who knows if March Madness is going to happen? I mean, the NBA literally just suspended its season. The NBA is suspending the hottest time of their season. Ramping up right before playoffs here. The Lakers are getting hot. The Clippers are getting hot. The Bucks are coming into the thing if Giannis can stay hot. But right now, it's all happening for the NBA. Suspending the season because the coronavirus. This is a pandemic. This is crazy. This is something that's obviously incredibly dangerous and has the chance to continue to spread. I've been reading people's like Facebook messages from over in Italy talking about how just three weeks ago, a lot of people were saying, oh, it's not even as bad as the flu. Now they're on full lockdown because of how fast it spread and their healthcare systems weren't able to keep up with the amount of people 
that are getting and have the coronavirus. It's 2020. But hey, hey, we are going to do our absolute best to provide content for you that is entertaining, that can hopefully take your mind off of things. And you just need to wash your hands, wash your ass, wash your body, and make sure we're not dapping anybody up, we're not hugging people, you know. Boston Connor and I put a video out on how to embrace each other during this pandemic. You can take our word for it or you just don't do it. Just stay safe. We need all of you. We are in this together. But this is an absolutely insane time and we should own that. We should know that this is going to be a very good story down the road. 2020. When a virus ran rampant on the globe. And ultimately, humans band together and stop that son of a bitch in its tracks. That's what we need to do. All the boys are here in beautiful Indianapolis, Indiana. On the ones and twos, at Nick Moraldo, a man who is bullied fans of the pod PMI. If you haven't listened to the pod podcast, you should definitely do that. Nick Moraldo uh, is a... Uh, Constructive back. criticism, please. Bad guy. Uh, at Tone Diggs is here. At Ty Schmidt. Uh, Jason McAfee. Cuban Zeet is going to work over there. We put a lot on his plate <laughs> right before the show started. I'm excited to see how this pans out. At Evan Foxy, who was watching Get Up this morning, and the question was asked, which NFL franchise has the worst record in the history of the NFL? I obviously started filming because I thought it was the Detroit Lions. Turns out, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers stink. The Detroit Lions also stink stink but not as bad as the tampa bay buccaneers that has to feel pretty good big win for us and on the phones uh is our man from boston his name is connor campbell connor just hucked a video about chuck norris off the internet yesterday and tweeted it <laughs> good video uh, good video <laughs> took all the credit he could possibly take he is internet 101 and on the couch the casting couch a man who eats like a savage uh from canada old gumpy by the way i've heard we made progress on you potentially becoming what? a citizen of america Big call yesterday. Big call yesterday. He, I heard him having to explain what he would do for a living if he was to move to America to somebody that has no idea what we do in this office. And that was a lot of fun, actually, to kind of be a spectator of. He was, well, we have a radio show. You know what a, ra a radio show is. And you hear the guy on the other side go, uh, yeah, I know a radio show. And, then, and also, we make... Uh, we make uh, videos on the internet. Uh, we made one the other day. It was uh, Brady come back. <laughs> and you could hear the person on the other side being like, well, how is that a business? And how is this what you want to move into America for and potentially take an American's job as a Canadian? And I wanted to get on there and say, hey, there ain't nobody that could replace our friend Gumpy. Mm -mm. And that is a factual statement. We're lucky to have you, pal. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You were on quite a heater on Good Better Bets, which is another podcast that we create here. And uh, you've completely gone ice cold in my bank account has affected been affected by that so maybe i'm on the side of kicking you back out of the <laughs> i might not have enough money to get a flight home <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get to it by the way i hope you're stuck here that'd be good for us yeah, yeah. Be great that'd yeah. be great for us unlike the pub members you could live oh, in this office i'm called for what? i like that yeah. why, why couldn't we live here i'm, well, ma he, I'm mature and he showers every morning he doesn't break things we he, shower we shower we don't we don't break stuff i use really? rick ross's shampoo huh <laughs> Huh. Zito, huh. you don't shower every day. Huh. 
You turn on the shower at the pub to convince the other pub members that you shower, but everybody knows when you come in here, you do not shower. Check my towel. It's wet, baby. That's because you just throw it in your shower. Use my towel gum? Uh, that's disgusting. Don't do that. Uh. Let's get to this. Um, don't do that. Whatever you do, do not use Zito's towel. I don't care if you get kicked out of America. Just, that might be top five worst. That might be top five most dangerous thing you could do, especially in the environment that we're in currently with the coronavirus. People are thinking about not allowing audience and crowd to sporting events and stuff like that, large gatherings. I think if you were to tell the CDC that you potentially use Zito's towel, after Zito uses his towel, they might they might tell you not to do that in a more like emergency manner than those telling people not to go. To I will say the CDC ain't got nothing on me. No, that that they, they won't let you be either. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Uh, the Ivy League tournament has been canceled. Kids from Harvard and Yale and Penn are not happy. I guess the Yale kids are happy because they won the, mm. the regular season championship, so they're definitely going to the tournament. Kids from Harvard and the University of Penn are not happy about this because this is their lifelong dream, and they think that people are taking that out. Now, it's very hard to feel bad for kids that go to Harvard and Penn. Very, very hard. Everything inside of me is making me want to say, oh, get over it, kid that went to Harvard. You're going to have some job that's ultimately going to pay you a lot of money, and you're going and enjoy the finer things of life forever because you got a chance to go to a school that is very nice. Now, you had to work hard to get to that school. I understand you had to be very smart to get in there. You probably had to have some family connections as well, but that's neither here nor there. The fact, though, that they are taking away these opportunities for these kids, I don't think is a good thing. Now, I know nothing about the coronavirus. I know that this is incredibly intimidating. I know that there's soccer games happening in other countries right now with no fans in the stands. I know that LeBron James has had to answer questions about potentially playing in front of no fans and his initial response was well i ain't doing it i ain't playing if there ain't no fans there that that's an exact quote by the way i ain't playing if there ain't no fans there that is, i believe is what lebron said and he got buried for that he got absolutely buried for that so lebron obviously the nba adam silver i'd assume reached out to him and said hey this is why we're thinking about doing this lebron came out and said hey i'm gonna let the people who know more about this talk about it he said obviously i play for my family and my fans if they're not there that'll be difficult but the people that are in charge of you know keeping us safe and keeping us healthy are saying that this is a possibility i'll play it so i think he properly took a back step on that thing when he had to because he probably didn't know all the information but we're at a point now where there's millions and millions of dollars being completely lost by people because of this coronavirus um, disease, whatever it is. Vi epidemic. Epidemic, epidemic pandemic almost yeah. at this point. There's, a, there's an area in New York. Um, I forget the area. National Guard is standing around it. People are quarantined inside of it. Okay. So then in San Jose, they're canceling all sporting events at that arena. What is it? The S SAP Center. The SAP. The SAT Center. SAP. Oh, okay. The SAP Center is, everything has been canceled in there for the next month. Then you're talking about the Ivy League being canceled. Then there's conversations about March Madness potentially being canceled because, and, and also this afternoon, the NBA is having a full conference call about whether or not they're going to suspend play possibly or play without fit. I mean, this is a real thing that is happening. I don't remember Ebola doing this. No. Ebola, the Olympics were happening in the epicenter of Ebola and people just went down there and came back. They're like, ah, maybe I got it. With the coronavirus, they're like, no, no, no. We're quarantining cities. We're shutting down arenas. We're shutting 
shutting down leagues. We're potentially shutting down one of the best tournaments to ever exist in March Madness. I mean, we're at a point right now where it's almost impossible not to be like, what the hell does this thing do? Is this just an ultimate killer? And I think when you dig deep into the numbers, the older folks of our society, the people who have maybe had to go through cancer treatments before, or people whose immune systems aren't perfect, I guess if they get this, this thing is a real problem. And now they're worried about, well, if you go into a large gathering and you sneeze on somebody then that person walks outside and just happens to run into their grandpa there's that that's like kind of the way this is being looked at so you can understand why these things are getting shut down but life as we know is potentially about to change especially in the sporting world no media is going to be allowed in locker rooms it's right now they're already shutting down the media there's like a a safe space Mm -hmm. in the nhl for media to stand behind and players to stand behind you think the nhl after this can be like okay yeah let the media back in the locker room no way there's going to be a lot of things that happen that are like uh ripple effects of this coronavirus that I think we're going to see for years and years to come. And to be honest, this is kind of frightening in my eyes. I know nothing about anything, but I know whenever people are willing to risk that much money, there's an obvious reason for it. And this is kind of a sketchy situation. That's what I was going to say. Think about how serious it is when leagues who make millions and billions of and dollars only care about from that. ticket sales, that's yes. all they care about, yes. are actually thinking about playing games without money from that revenue. That's why I think the NBA, if anything, if, if you're an NBA owner, if you're making the decisions, go, why don't we just suspend it and push it back a while so you don't miss out on those ticket sales and you play those games when everything potentially is back to... What, what, what's old Caucasian fellow that was on Get Up Basketball Guy this morning? Tim B- Legler? Bigger guy. Windhorse? Oh. Brian Windhorse? Windy. 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 He said some things about LeBron on Get Up that it made me want to almost crawl through the, the, the screen and slap him because Mr... Mayonnaise? Oh, wait, sorry. sorry. Oh, oh, my God. That was a slip. That was a slip. Toxic a culture. Fro- Freudian slip. Freudian slip. That's <laughs> not what that is. Yeah, the, um, so, Windhorse is his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brian Windhorse, right? Yep. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Windhorse. Yeah, T yep. on the end. Brian Windhorst, though, from the little that I know about him and have seen him on television. He was literally hired to follow LeBron James around, right? He started in uh, Cleveland, then to Miami, then back to Cleveland. Now he's in L.A. He's been covering him since high school, I think, this Brian Windhorst guy. So I understand that he probably sees LeBron in a different way. But him just talking about how LeBron is no longer athletic enough to do things and stuff like that. I just went on a full rant yesterday about him being the greatest athlete on earth at the age of 35. I mean, it's just I feel like that guy's a little bit of a uh, potential buffoon. (laughs) I, I don't know him personally, but I think he's a potential buffoon, the things he was saying. But he was the inside source on the conversation that the NBA governors or board of governors board of governors is having a full conference call this afternoon to decide whether or not they're going to shut down attendance and stuff like that. And you got to remember these professional leagues, all they give a single flying fornicate about is money. That's all they care about. This CBA from the NFL being shoved in your face uh, by everybody because it's a massive deal on whether or not we're going to have 17 games. Is there going to be a work stoppage? Is there going to be all this other stuff? Are we going to have more people on the roster for potentially your kids in the future to get more opportunities, more jobs? Is health insurance not going to happen? These things that are being talked about, you realize that all it is about is money. All, all professional sports. Yes, there's obviously the passion. And yes, there's the uh, the thrill of your team winning. And, and owners feel that. Players feel that. There's that moment. But at the end of the day, the only reason why the NFL exists is because it's a business and it's about money. The NBA, I'd assume, is the same damn thing. I mean, they almost got into it with an international... Uh, at the beginning of the season yeah, because yeah. one GM said something. I mean, money is a big deal. So if, if a company that only relies on money, and not only relies on money, but their main objective is money, is willing to just take massive, huge pay cuts 
because of what this coronavirus is, I mean, that freaks me out a little bit. That, that's what makes me go, am I, should I just be walking around and dapping people up in Indianapolis? I mean, mm-hmm. I know that there's a school that just got shut yeah. down for two weeks in Indiana. It's like, this is unprecedented. I, I don't remember, I mean, maybe before I was alive and things like that, mm-hmm. but this is unprecedented. And to be honest, Billy Tubes, <laughs> Bailey McComas, who runs our YouTube, he checks the Google trends every day, right? I was like, Billy, what's the Google trends today? He's like, coronavirus. I'm like, anything else? He's like, LeBron and the coronavirus? (laughs) 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 All right, this is, the whole world is captivated by this. The stock market just going down. It might be coming back up. I don't know how much more it could have gone down the other day. Now things are getting shut down and stopped. This is a wild scene. This doesn't feel like this is 2020 in the United States of America. Well, at this point, the avalanche has already started. So if you see all these things that are already getting canceled, like everyone has an out. Like they realize, like okay, well, hey, there's precedence. These people have already, you know, canceled this. Like, so what's stopping the wave from just taking out everything? Essentially, that National Guard being sent to a town in New York is it's a insane. big deal. In, in every movie like this that's ever happened, they just they just missile the the bridges in New York. That's next. Like Batman, I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. Like Batman, you're talking about yeah. locked, locked down the island I and that Will Smith one. <laughs> Yeah, I am legend. That's what they did too. Great movie. That movie does not get talked about enough as being award winning. Connor, what's up? Uh, the NBA has talked about possibly doing neutral site games. Do you think that would work at all or no? You know, Matt Barnes, who I have a lot of respect for, uh, I honestly do because that all the smoke podcast with him and Stephen Jackson is awesome. The I don't get a chance to listen to the entire episodes, but the clips that get pulled from that show is incredible. He was on Get Up this morning, and he talked about how you know fans. It's a big deal. Fans bring the juice, you know, it, it like makes it seem like a real. And that is something that if you even talk to football players, it's like at practice you go. But whenever you, you know, you feel the the people, it just everything's heightened, you know. And and I understand like back in the day, there's high school teams that play in front of like uh, maybe 50 people and maybe stuff like that. But it would be very difficult. Now, I know there's high schools that play in front of thousands, too. I don't need Texas kids coming after me. <laughs> Not down here in the Lone Star State. We playing in front of 400,000 people. I get that. I understand. But I'm saying there are games and things that have happened throughout our lives where there isn't a lot of fans. But when it gets to the professional level, you would think that, you know, hey, guys, you're getting paid so much money. It doesn't matter if people are watching you. You should play your best. But whenever you get late in the season and your body's tired and you're an older man, it's like the crowd really gives you a boost. That's why home field advantage is a real thing. Not only because of the sound, but because the crowd gives you a boost. When there's momentum riding and the crowd is rolling, it's just for some reason in sports that really helps. And the thought is, well, if there's no crowd for these NBA players, the quality of play is probably going to go down. Quality of play goes down, probably the lack of excitement about sport goes down. But I would argue this. If there's no crowd, I am more likely to watch a game now because it would be so weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I would be more likely to watch it. I'd be more likely to clip it. Now, would it get old after a cup? Absolutely. But the novelty of watching the best athletes on earth, these six foot eight guys, seven foot tall dudes running back and forth, competing their ass off, diving into stands where there's nobody there and just going hard. It's like the greatest game or whatever when the U.S. Olympic team, when Jordan took on uh, Magic Johnson, whenever Larry Bird yeah, was laying on the side. And it's just a practice game or it's like these videos that are coming out from Lifetime Athletic or from the Drew League where these guys are just playing pickup basically in the offseason. They're going hard there. Now, I don't know how hard the defense is. Right. I don't think the defense is that hard, but on the offensive side of the ball, I still think it's going to rely on 
uh, you know, guys making plays. And I, I would be more apt to watch it, I think, the first couple of times if there's no – just because I'd be like, I want to hear, A, what they're saying to each other. Yeah. Right? You'll hear a lot more yes. of that. It'll be like what that Phil and Tiger Woods thing was supposed to uh-huh. be mm-hmm. instead of them knowing that they were mic'd up and sounding very, you know, boring almost. You'd be able to hear guys in their natural element more. You'd be able to hear that. I think for like a week or two, I'd be very into it. Now, after that, it would get a bit boring and it would suck for the players. But this is something that we're truly potentially facing in the world we live in right now with coronavirus. Yeah, if the leagues aren't remotely or fully concerned just about the money, as long as no one on the team has tested for it, then you might as well play it with the no crowd. There's a guy in the Yankees, right? Yeah, they, well, it's not confirmed yet, but he had the flu, and they went in, and they're saying like they're keeping it under wraps whether or not he got tested for corona. But Scumbags. at this point, I would assume, you know. Mbappe was tested, too, tested negative. That's what We were watching Champions League uh, yesterday, and there was no crowd. And we're like when there's a goal scored and you just hear the players yell, it's, it's a weird thing. The, You're watching practice. The Italian yeah. League canceled it all. There's no more games in the Italian in soccer league and i guess the chinese basketball association canceled their whole season or not canceled no. all the season but for the last two yeah yeah no yeah yeah you, oh my gosh yeah but they've already been off for two months and you didn't know it so mm. uh, it was a big off season sounds, though. <laughs> sounds like you're season. lying a little bit we're about to turn the corner yeah it sounds like you're lying but this is this is wild times it's like every day you learn something new about what's getting shut down and the thought of this and now it feels as if we're turning the corner on the conversation from the people that know. They're like, oh, we think we got it figured out. Then you're talking, there's some uh, drug companies that were on the, the national news last night, some pill maker. They're like, oh, we'll be able to figure out it, blah, 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 blah. We're testing currently on mice and all this stuff. I was like, well, you're going to get in trouble for that. Like, <laughs> you can't just say you're doing that on the nightly news. You're going to get it for sure. But they think that they found, it, it seems like it's figured out. But the people that it could potentially kill, like I think it takes out. I, I think this is something that the world is almost at a point where the NBA is like, we don't want to be a reason why somebody dies. Mm-hmm. And the Ivy League tournament people were like, we don't want to be a reason why somebody ends up dying. And then the Italian League, you know, they're all like, we don't want to be the reason why. And that's where we're at right now in the stage of panic with coronavirus. It's like people are like, we don't want to be associated with somebody potentially dying because we refuse to do what everybody else in the world seems to be doing at this point it's just how long will this last like will this continue to go how long will this happen and how like do we know if the coronavirus is just like once you cured it's cured or is that become a dormant like how do they know anything about this they can't it's so new Uh, you're right i don't think the leagues want to see that headline like the one with the seattle dragons where the vendor had had it and the vendor potentially gave it to however many people and then that led to like, yeah, hey, my grandpa was at the Seattle Dragons game, and now he's dead. It's bad PR. You don't grandpa. want that. That that right there, bad PR. Yeah, my grandpa and I were watching our favorite team, the Seattle Dragons. Been a fan of them our whole life. <laughs> we went over to get a hot dog, some nachos. Oh, it's so funny, guys. We shook hands with uh, the person who was serving. They are very, very nice young men. Very nice young men. Three days later, my, dad, my grandpa died because... Of those nachos and those hot dogs. And Jim Zorn's coaching. And, Whoa. Nick. Oh, He's bad. Oh, they're bad. That's Seattle Dragons team. Full they, potential. Great fan base. Terrible football team. Nothing it. like my Battle Hawks. My Battle Hawks. Uh-huh. That's right. They're battling. Uh-huh. That wasn't an actual Battle Hawk. That was just Connor Campbell, <laughs> even though he sounds very, uh-huh. very similar to a caca like a Battle Hawk would have. They're going to win it all this year. That team's ready to go. Jordan Tom is going straight to the NFL. I don't know what they're going to do next year, but, I mean, it's going to be a year-to-year basis. And the Seattle Dragons this year stink, and they had a guy with coronavirus working mm-hmm. for them. It's tough. That's tough. 
That's tough PR. Get him out of the league. Can't get win with out. it. Can't win with it. <laughs> All right, we got to get to a break. 20 minutes after the hour, we'll get some phone calls. We thought there was a chance we had nothing to talk about today. We just did a uh, medical talk. Corona's no joke. Mm-mm. Virus, coronavirus. Correct. Ice cold Corona is also no joke. Lonely, <laughs> ice cold broke my heart. Gave me disease. Can't say that. Tony. Tony. And they'll never sponsor us anyway, so I'm not really worried about it. Being joined now by a man who played 16 years in the NFL in the secondary on defense. Okay? That's like the most athletic area that you could possibly need. To say that you could play 16 years in that world is absolutely insane. He's a two-time, two-time pro bowler and a good dude. This man's played for six different teams in the NFL and has made friends everywhere he's gone. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Pops Adams. What's up? What's up? Hey, the nickname Pops, is that because you're old everywhere? <laughs> why, why? What is the nickname Pops? Well, actually, I got it from my grandmother. Um, it, it, it really derived. I had it ever since I was born. It really came from the, uh, the cartoon character Popeye because I used to love spinach when I was younger. So, And I always thought I was stronger than everybody. So my grandmother named me Popeye. By the way. And so everybody say Pops for sure. By the way, you might be accurate saying you're stronger than everybody. 16 years in the secondary, Pops. What, what was the decision that you just said, you know what, this is it for me. I don't want to play another year because I assume you could if you really wanted to put it out. Why now? Why would you retire? Um, I think it was best. You know, uh, you know, my experience in Houston was okay. You know, um, just mentoring the young guys. And that's what I was brought to do. Uh, me and O'Brien, we sat down. We like, hey, I want you to mentor young guys, but I need, if I need you to play, I want you to play. And I'm like, cool. But you know, and when I was in a DB room, just mentoring the young guys, and it became difficult. It became a little hard, you know. Um, and I and I understand the generation is just totally switched. And because remember, I was I, 04 was my first season, and now we're talking. A whole decade plus later, and it's, it's like it, the, the the dynamic shift, the personalities change is different. And I and I was like, you know what? I'm healthy. Let me let me just uh, get up out of here. Whenever I was at the tail end of my career, there I saw the locker room starting to change a little bit. I did. I started to see it changing just a little bit. And I don't I don't want to say it's for the good or the bad. It was just something that was very different than what I was used to, right? It, it was less of a team thing, which everybody yeah. it's more of like a brand thing, which I respect. We've done I mean, I have a, it's on my shirt, but it is it's a very different world inside of a locker room with the way this generation has kind of been raised in a social media world is everybody's kind of their own entity. I agree. You know, um sometimes it, and, and this is only my opinion. Like sometimes you you just question like what is what are the motives? What is your why? Because everybody don't fight for each other. Why, you know why they play the game? And it's like, is it the money? Is it the girls? Is it Instagram? Is it the fame? Do you really want to win? You know, I a lot of those questions derived, and, and that's why I came to the decision. I talked to a lot of. I talked to Andre Johnson. I talked to Champ Bailey. I, I talked to uh, numerous guys. I talked to Luke Keekley. Um, I, I talked to numerous guys before I, you know, made the decision. And, and I was like, you know what? 
It's time to go. Well, you're well-respected everywhere. That's why you can talk to Champ Bailey, obviously, from your time at the Broncos, Luke Keekley from your time at the Panthers. I assume DeQuell, who you played with here in Indianapolis, have been friends with for a long time. Everywhere you've gone, you've kind of made a great impression on people, and I assume that's why Mr. O'Reilly wanted GM Bill O'Reilly. Bill, not Brian. Yeah, O'Brien. Yeah. O'Brien. Him, Bill O'Brien. He's a GM down there too, by the way. He t- he added that to his own title, but the yeah, um, no. which I respect. You got to do what you got to do. But in your years in the NFL, six different organizations. What did you realize the difference was at each building, or are they all relatively the same place? No, it was different. You know, um, teams ran it ran different. Like, um, like I what I did realize, Pat, is that once the coach and the GM and, and upstairs, once they relinquish, uh, I want to say power to the players and, and give ownership to the players and like, you know what? Whoever the quarterback may be, whether it's Luck, Deshaun, anybody, hey, this is your team. You run it. Hey, defense, find a defensive captain, whoever it may be, Julius Peppers. Hey, this is your team. Take ownership. And the, and the, and the players take ownership of the team that's when you win. And I think that was the, that was the difference um, from going from San Francisco 49ers to where I was, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of teams, they want to control everything. They want to control you do this, you do that and, and not let the players take ownership. What place did you go to where you were like, you know what, this is a lot better than I could have ever fathomed it being in that particular. Uh, yeah. Denver. Really? Was that with Elway? Because was Elway there? I, I yeah, Elway there. I love Dimmer. And you and and to, and and to my defense, like I wasn't winning. That was my first winning season. I think that was year nine or ten. So I was losing in San Francisco. I was losing in Cleveland. We had like four different head coaches, five different defensive coordinators, um, and just going to that organization, it was like night and day. And and I tell I tell guys all the time. You know how good you don't know how good till you have it till you're gone, and you know how you don't know how bad it is until you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of that, there's a lot of players that are up for contract right now, and obviously when you're in the league, you don't like to speak about other other people's business. But now you are out of the league, and I assume you're going to do great in TV. You're handsome, you're very knowledgeable, and you have a lot of friends. You're going to do good in this if this is what you decide to get into. But with a lot of these contracts that are up right now, the first conversation turns to, are they going to take a team-friendly deal so that they can experience success in the NFL, right? Ryan Tannehill, whenever he was with the Dolphins, is terrible. Comes to the Titans. He's not getting paid a lot. He's a backup quarterback. He has this miraculous run, probably loves football more than he's ever loved it, by the way. Even in college, Matt Miami, whenever they go on that run, now he's he's a free agent right and now the thought is does he get as much money as he possibly can from wherever we'll pay him or does he take a little bit less so that they can build the team around him Patrick Mahomes a lot of conversation around what he's gonna do they've had a lot of success football can be very different when your team sucks whenever as opposed to when your team's good if you were those guys or talking to those guys Dak Prescott's in this position right now if you were talking to those guys what would your message be get as much as you possibly can which by the way is smart business you gotta do what you gotta do or do you take a little bit less whenever they're guaranteed a hundred million dollars to maybe build up the team around you in your eyes go get your money <laughs> <laughs> every single thing you can get get it you know you know why and i'm gonna explain why because it's not your fault that the gm or upstairs management didn't bring in good players 
Money has nothing to do. When you're young, money has nothing to do with it. It's who you bring in and the type of people you bring in. If you bring in the type of people that, you know, oh, this guy, he's a special teamer or we don't see him as a starter, but you're going to bring him in anyway. And, or you just bring a guy in that you think gonna is going to be good and pan out not to be that who you thought he was going to be. That's upstairs fault. And it's not my fault huh. that I balled out. So let me get what I've deserved. I earned this. I, you didn't, you're not giving it to me. Let's make that clear. You're not giving it to me. I earned this right to do this. I love that, by the way. Such a great response. Like, hey, because you can't build up a roster whenever I'm taking up this amount of money. Like, that's on you, man. That's not on me. You should get your ass fired. Because all of a sudden, Pat, all of a sudden, I got to take less money so you can have these great players come in. Why? Where was these great players before? (laughs) Such a good call there, Pops. Come on. Okay, now they're saying there's a chance that the salary cap goes up, so more money is going to go to everybody. With this new CBA proposal, $100,000 more in the pockets of the bottom half of the roster, bottom 65% of the roster, which is a majority of the league, obviously. How do you feel about the new CBA, and have you read through the 456 pages? (laughs) You know what? I started to, but then I was like, you know what? I'm retired. <laughs> what am I doing? Like, I was fighting all this time, and I was one of those guys on the bottom of the totem pole that wanted that $100,000. I wanted, I needed that. When I came in the league, Pat, I think my minimum salary was two hundred and thirty. dollars Okay, here we go. Now they come in the league, their minimum salary is $430, 450 <laughs> or something. You kidding me? They doubled me. <laughs> Like, I, I don't get it. Like, and, and that's why I'm like, you know, I'm rooting for the bottom half of the players. And I hope, you know, it could come to some type of uh, agreement because what, what I would like to see, all the, uh, all the marquee players, all the top quarterbacks in the league, all the top receivers, running backs, marquee players, jerseys in store to be a part of the NFLPA. Because think about it. Chris Paul is head of the uh, NBA PA, right? And LeBron is backing him, all that stuff. Imagine Aaron Rodgers is our president. Imagine uh, Russell Wilson is the president. You think things won't get done a little quicker if the quarterbacks get involved? Because Aaron Rodgers is a rep. But he is not up for president of NFLPA executive committee or anything no. like that. He is a rep, though. So I will give credit yeah, to Aaron Rodgers no for, for being a rep. Respect to that. I'm just, I'm yeah. just giving an example. But if he was the president or if Tom Brady's the president or Ooh. any of these people are the president, <laughs> the NFL would be much more likely probably to negotiate and get things done if they know that they're super st- – that's a great point that I don't think has been mentioned in this entire Think thing. about it. Who runs the league? Girls, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's, that's uh, International Women's Day was the other day. But the uh, the, the quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks run the league. Run the league, and if they and and honestly, they they should have their own scout salary cap. To be honest, agree. There should be a quarterback bounty on my, like not a bounty, but a quarterback like a uh, uh, bank. <laughs> like, bounty, yeah, not a bounty. They should have their own bank though, where they can tier the quarterbacks. If you see them at this, and somebody else sees them at this, then they can go there and get this amount of money, so it doesn't affect everybody else. That seems like the smart decision, but we're nowhere near that point right now. We're at the 17 game conversation in your year, 16 years in the NFL. You played a lot of football. That 17th game would that have shortened your career, or do you think this is something? that is being talked about is uh maybe too important when it really isn't that important um 
one, I, I don't think is important. Two, and I, I, I think my year, pro- my years probably would have been shortened um, because once I hit year 10 coming uh, to the Colts with, with Chuck Pagano, you know, that's when he started to take care of me. He understood, you know, I, I didn't practice Wednesdays and I was doing more studying. Um, I was doing more off the field stuff and he took care of me because he knew I knew the defense and everything. So that ex- that alone extended my career. But having a 17 game without any researcher saying, like, you know what, this game would affect the players this much, or you you'll be or you'll be fine. This this game be fine as long as we cut back on preseason. But think about it, the starters don't really play preseason anyway, and then when they don't get the preseason game, and then they get hurt in regular season, they say. Oh well, he should have played the preseason. He need those um, them fast reps because if he didn't get those um, those reps in practice, he don't know the speed of the game. Like, come on. <laughs> Do you think the seventeenth game is is a non uh, conversation? Like, a lot of players are like, this seventeenth game. If they're not going to give us a 50-50 split, this is not even a conversation ever. But I think a lot of people, especially the bottom half of the roster that we talk about, they see that seventeenth game as another opportunity to maybe show out, another opportunity get another check and maybe another yeah. a place to end up somewhere else but there also is another opportunity to get hurt and other stuff like yeah. that i'm rooting for the bottom half of the league so if, if that 17 game can help myself or them, or them get a little bit money money or have a um you know end up getting a contract you know I'm, I'm all for it to answer your question all right mike what are you doing in the off season what do you got going on i know you're a yogi <laughs> are you still right. a yogi Oh, a little bit. I, hey, I've been he used to up a little bit. Hey, so. he used to like stand. You know those rollers? Oh yeah, those rollers. He used to like stand on top of those in like a swan stretch. <laughs> I'm being serious. It, it came out of nowhere too. My timeline, my Instagram timeline started being filled with Mike Adams doing these Cirque du Soleil type things, and I'm like, Yo, what is going yeah. on? You're a full yogi at this point. Yeah, I was. I, I got away from it a little bit. Lululemon started giving me some clothes and stuff, which oh, I love. By the way, oh, good plug right there. No, because they don't give me no more clothes. Let me take that back. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do, Mike? What's life going to be for you now that you're retired? Are you just going to enjoy it for a little bit? Right now, I'm chilling with Hennessy and Great Goose over there. (laughs) 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 I respect that. (laughs) No, um, I'm I'm actually trying to get in um, in GMO. I want to be a GM, Pat. Let's go. I, I think... You know, a lot of coaches, they want me to coach. Hey, you want to get into coaching? Want to get into coaching? And I think I can do that. You know, I think it's time to challenge myself. You know, I want to I want to be upstairs in the offices. Um, I'm actually going down to um, talk to um, Coach Ron Rivera just to pick his brain a little bit about, you know, um, little things. Not 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 for a job. Well, I hope, well I don't know. But we, I'm going to just go down <laughs> there and pick his brain, just talk to him or whatever. Because he's one of the coaches I look up to, so we're going to see how that goes. All right, if you could ask him what they're going to do with that number two pick and let me know, I'd, I'd greatly appreciate <laughs> oh, it. Oh, i get you that insight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Diggs has a question for Since you. Since you're thinking about wanting to be a GM, a place that you were with two years with Ron Rivera, and they have a quarterback decision, do you think the Carolina Panthers should stick with Cam Newton and see how he does after these injuries? If he's healthy. If he's healthy. Yeah. Or do you think they should move on with the new coaching staff? Um. If I was you saying if I was the GM yep. there, yeah. If I was the GM there, I'm keeping Cam Newton. Quarterbacks, they are so hard to come by. Just when you think you have a quarterback, you don't. 
Hmm. You know, so and you know what you have in Cam Newton. You know what he brings to the table. Um, I know he's been injured, and I know uh, he's been trying to get back to that MVP season, which no one fell, no one wants to mention anymore. But oh, I uh, forgot about that. He was MVP, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah they went to See? the Super Bowl. <laughs> Man, he was MVP. They went to the Super Bowl, and all anybody remembers which, is the bad PR he got for how he handled the press conference after losing a Super Bowl yeah. and not diving and, on the fumble and how he dressed. That's all they talk about. That's real. And I and you know what, Pat? I've been in the locker room with this guy. You would love him. Like you would want to go to war for this guy because, like, regardless of like, I know he. Sometimes they say he's not a typical quarterback. Per what se. Is, what does that mean? Exactly. <laughs> that's that's my point because because he don't because he dresses a certain way because he talks and he. Because he he says things different sometimes, you know. He dads. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's a lot. He's not the rich white kid that uh, has <laughs> has been playing at prep schools his entire. Hey, life. you said it. You said. <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm allowed to say it, pops. You're not. I mean, there'll be some white people that'll come after me for that, but that's just 100 percent real. And it is interesting watching now, even with the way the game is turning, and there's a lot more African American quarterbacks dominating in the in college, and it's going to only grow into the NFL. I see as it continues to go with Lamar Jackson's success now, Marshall Yonder retiring is going to have a rather large effect on that offense, I think. They're going to have to figure that out. Oh, but yeah. That's a big deal. He's incredible at what he does. They're going to have I to agree. F- how, how do you stop that type of offense? It, how do you – will teams – will defenses in the NFL grow to be able to stop Lamar Jackson and if that offense is to continue to grow in the NFL? A- absolutely. And the one thing I'm afraid of, Pat, is that they just get glued in that offense and, you know, teams catch on and then he doesn't adjust. You know, he doesn't adjust to another offense because think about it. They've been ahead all year long. They've been ahead, I I think, except for the Kansas City game and that playoff game. They fell behind. So when they fall behind, there's a team that runs the ball and then controls the clock, you know, quick passes, get the ball out of his hand. A team that does that, you know, when they get behind, they got to sit back and throw the ball, get a shotgun. And, you know, and he struggled throwing that out, that out route, 10 yard out. Is that something you would just sit on if you're if you're a guy who has just a little bit of football IQ on the defensive side? You're like, if we get a lead here, he is not great with this out. But boy, these tight ends have been killing everybody. Is that what your, I would, yeah. yeah? Me personally, I'm staying inside leverage. I'm playing everybody inside leverage. Inside and playing inside breaking routes all day. Hey, me too, man. That's what I would do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, incredible football player, good dude. Good luck with Hennessy and Goose. You deserve it. Mike Pops Adams. Appreciate <laughs> you, man. He's big fat. Hey, that guy has forgotten more football than everybody else. He came into that Colts locker room, and when they had him and Darius Butler, we basically had two coaches on the field that were smarter than everybody. I mean, it was it was an immediate lift to the entire locker room. Happy that he stopped by. Boost Mobile gives you everything you could want in a wireless carrier so you know exactly what you're getting and exactly what you're paying for. With no annual service contract, Boost Mobile offers a range of unlimited data plans and the latest phones from top brands at affordable prices. Service plans already include taxes and fees, plus mobile hotspot, unlimited music streaming, and more. Step up with Boost Mobile. Step up with Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast network so you can post up and watch the games almost anywhere. Boost Mobile's super reliable, super fast network is a slam dunk. Step up 
with Boost Mobile. Switch to Boost Mobile today and get four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited data. Holy shit. If you switch to Boost Mobile today, you get four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones. Perfect for the whole family. A super reliable, super fast nationwide network to keep you connected. Switch to Boost Mobile. Switch now. Step up with Boost Mobile and switch today and get four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited data. Four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones. Perfect for the whole family. It's a super reliable, super fast nationwide network to keep you connected. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. Visit BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Includes mobile optimized streaming. Users using more than 35 gigs of data during billing cycle may be deprioritized during times of network congestion. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. The four four lines for $25 per line per month with unlimited data and the four free Samsung Galaxy A20 phones are a limited time offer while supplies last. New customers only requires port and activation from eligible carrier. One free device per line. Users using more than 35 gigs of data during a billing cycle may be deprioritized during times of network congestion. Offers and coverage not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Boost Mobile. Okay, I like what you guys are pitching. Go to BoostMobile.com or a retailer, and let's take advantage of what they got going on. All right, let's do it. It's time. Everybody that has a voice in this world, this sports world that we're in, does their mock drafts, okay? They all act as if they're brainiacs. They all act as if they've studied every single college football player in every roster to see who would end up where. They're all lying, but we did that. We studied every single mm-hmm. college football player this morning. Every mm-hmm. single one. We tried to find the diamonds in the rough, just like Bill Belichick skipping the combine and going down to Middle Tennessee State to test out a DN that didn't get invited to the combine. That's what we did for this mock draft. And this is what we came up with here at your friends, the Pat McAfee Show, with the first pick of the 2020 NFL Draft. It'll be in Las Vegas. There'll be people from all the NFL teams making regrettable decisions in the Sin City the night before, the night of, the morning of, the day of, you name it. And the team that'll be drafting first is the Cincinnati Bengals. They will draft Quarterback from Louisiana State University, Joe Burrow. Hey, boy, Joe. Hey, Joe. Hey, boy, Joe. Will Joe Burrow stay there? We have no idea. He says he will, but there's still a conversation lingering in the undertones of the sports world that he has the the power to potentially not play there. I'm not saying he won't, but we're not 100% sure. Now, Roger Goodell, after dapping up Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow will go over, do an interview with Dion and everybody else that's on the stage. Then Roger Goodell will come waltzing back out. It'll probably be a, a boo that he'll hear. He doesn't deserve it, especially after... You stink, Roger. Yeah, and I wish Roger Goodell would go... Have you seen the MLB commissioner? Who <laughs> <laughs> go with the second overall pick, the Washington Redskins. And then he'll make an announcement. 
But not today. It's not the Washington Redskins at the number two pick. Because although the Washington Redskins have probably been bluffing the entire NFL by saying there's a chance they take Tua. And even though they've been blowing all their smoke when they have Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins in their facility, they're doing that strictly so one team will click or jump and bite at the bait in that team, even though they know the Redskins are probably lying, has enough picks to make a move. And that's the Miami Dolphins trade up to the number two pick, giving up the number five spot and the number 18 spot to the Washington Redskins. And they draft from the University of Alabama quarterback Tua Tongavaloa. He'll sit behind Fitz Magic for a year, even though his hip is healthy and everything like that. He'll learn a little bit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. B-Flow's cooking something special down there. Ladies and gentlemen, congrats to the Tua family not having to go to Detroit. Speaking of, with the number three overall pick in the NFL draft, still at head coach Matt Patricia, the Detroit Lions, who are just one player away from a Super Bowl run. That's it. They take... Defensive end from the Ohio State University, Chase Young. Congratulations to Chase Young. Congrats to Matt Patricia, too, getting a potential once-in-a-generation player off the edge. Good for Chase Young. Good for Detroit Lions. Matty Stafford hopefully doesn't have a broken back anymore. He goes and plays well. With the number four pick, the New York Giants, who just one year ago drafted a quarterback that the world was up in arms about, who actually turned out to be a pretty good football player. Saquon Barkley's in the backfield, but on the other side of the field, you will have, playing at corner, Jeff Okuda from The Ohio State University. Congrats to Jeff. He's a stud at corner, and when he was doing the flip of the hips drill uh, at the combine, and he was running in a, in a straight line, flipping his hips back and forth, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. That guy has swag, he has instincts for the ball, and he's an incredible athlete, and he's from the Ohio State. He's going to do great. With the fifth pick from Miami, the Washington Redskins take a man that's six foot four, runs a 4-3-9, and can play every single position on the defensive side of the ball, Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. <laughs> Number six, the Chargers. They take a veteran quarterback. They don't take a quarterback here, which a lot of other mock draft picks are saying. They take Makai Becton, offensive tackle from Louisville, who put on an absolute show at the Combine just a week ago. He runs fast. He lifts a lot of weight. He jumps high, and he'll be securing a veteran quarterback's Blind side or front side, depending on where the Chargers decide to put him. With the number seven pick, the Carolina Panthers, who have a lot of decisions they have to make. Will they be in play for Joe Burrow at this point? Nobody knows. I just think that they'll take Derek Brown, defensive tackle from Auburn. Good football player. Get him in that system. See what Matt Rule can do with him. At number eight, the Arizona Cardinals, who... Just last year surprised a lot of people with how good they were. They're still picking number eight, so they weren't that great. Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury kind of got things going towards late. They signed Larry Fitzgerald to another $11 million deal. I think they pick up another weapon for Kyler Murray in that offense in Jerry Judy, wide receiver from Alabama. The Jacksonville Jaguars at number nine already said or reports that they're trading Nick Foles. Are they going to draft another quarterback here? Can't do that, especially with what Minshew Mania was last week, last year. So let's go with Tristan Worf's oh. offensive tackle from Iowa to protect the mustache, jort-wearing, ball-throwing, game-slanging Gardner Minshew. At number 10, the Cleveland Bronze, who just hired a very intelligent general manager in Andrew Barry. They, because they knew last year that their offensive line was garbage, they pick up 
Jedrick Willis, offensive tackle from Alabama. At 11, the New York Jets. Although it is coming out and reports are that they're going to sign something with Robbie Anderson, I still think they take wide receiver C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. Number 12, the Oakland Raiders. I believe with that offense, no matter who's playing quarterback, if they're stuck with Derek Carr, oh, that sounds bad. <laughs> Derek Carr does not deserve that. He doesn't. If Derek Carr is their quarterback, or if Tom Brady is their quarterback, or if any other quarterback, Peterman, Peterman is their no, no, Peterman won't be their quarterback. <laughs> any other quarterback is their quarterback. Andy Dalton is their quarterback. If anybody's their quarterback, I think they need another weapon. That'll be Henry Ruggs, wide receiver mm-hmm. from Alabama, who is very fast. That fits the Raiders' model, by the way, being very fast. I don't know if Mike Mayock and Gruden are that way, but the Davis family loves them some speed and at the number 13 pick the indianapolis colts who have an offensive line that seems to be set at quarterback everybody thinks that they're either going to stick with jacoby or potentially bring in philip rivers to play there ty hilton's a monster jack doyle is playing well the defense is great the one thing they are missing is another weapon on the offensive side of the ball so with the 13th pick the indianapolis colts select Wide receiver from Clemson, T. Higgins. Congratulations on moving to Indianapolis. And congratulations to all those student human athletes that are definitely getting drafted in that exact order. Akib Talib was on the NFL Network, and he was speaking about what was going on with Tom Brady. He was having a conversation with D'Angelo Williams and Chris Hansen of the Red Zone Channel, and they had a full... Please, please, go up. <laughs> Have a seat. Why don't you take a seat? <laughs> he did, with D'Angelo Williams, and he was talking about, was that Chris Hansen's show? That's Chris Hansen's show. Scott Hansen. Close. Same. I mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> take a seat. Chris Hansen's a pedophile guy. Yeah. Those white yep. uh, take a seat. Tell us about talk. Oh, my talking. God. Uh, Sorry what do you have in the bag, sir? Scott, that's on me. So, Scotty Hansen was playing host to D'Angelo Williams and Akib Tlaib. Akib Tlaib. Patriot, successful Patriot, has gone through the business side with the Patriots, and he had this to say about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's potential negotiations. Meeting room with with, with Bill, with Tom, and uh, he treats everybody the same, man. So if if Tom messed up in practice, he'll point it out. He'll point it out in in, in the middle in front of everybody. You know, if if it was Gronk, if it was myself, anybody, he treated everybody the same. Okay, that's fine on a Monday film session after Uh, a game or or a practice film session. We're talking about the greatest quarterback of all time potentially leaving the only franchise he's ever known. Belichick will still behave that way? I've been a part of Bill in this this situation as well, free agency time, and I got a call from Bill that said, you want to make a bunch of money, you're going to make a bunch of money. You want to play some football and win some games, then we got a spot for you here. So if he treated everybody the same in the meeting room, he probably treating everybody the same around free agency time as well. Wow. You're saying – I'm hearing you thinking that Tom isn't feeling the love. I think Tom is gone. I think think it's a done deal. Bill is going to be Bill. (laughs) Them them calls are going to be shortened to the point. We got a report that said it didn't go well. I can That's imagine. What, I had a car that didn't go well with Bill before, <laughs> so I can imagine how that, wow. what happened on that call. There we go. Wrapping up hour one with Aqib Tlaib, basically guaranteeing that Tom Brady's gone. If Aqib doesn't know, who does know? Those Bill Belichick conversations, what a legendary convo, by the way. You want to make money? Go somewhere else, dude. You want to win? Huh? You stay right here and take a massive pay cut. <laughs> that is gangster. That is the reason why the dynasty happened and potentially the reason why... The dynasty is dead. dead. No! <laughs>
Uh, Amari Cooper of the Dallas Cowboys. Remember, Amari Cooper was traded from the Oakland Raiders to the Dallas Cowboys, has said that has been on record stating that he wants to be a Dallas Cowboy for the rest of his life. He loves being a Dallas Cowboy. Was an immediate difference maker for the Dallas Cowboys immediately upon arrival. The Raiders got rid of Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper within a couple weeks, and those both players, as soon as they arrived in new places, were game changers. Amari Cooper was a big-time weapon for Dak Prescott in that offense last year that was very, very proficient. Mm-hmm. Is that a word? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Very, very proficient. Now, with Mike McCarthy coming in and Kellen Moore still there and Dak Prescott, we assume he's going to get franchise tagged on Monday. Keeping Amari Cooper would be a good move. Amari Cooper's people have come out and said that they are motivated to get a deal done, and the Dallas Cowboys have said the same thing. They are echoing each other's sentiments, so let's assume that a deal with Amari Cooper gets done within the next day or two. Whenever you hear leaked information, like Ed Werder tweeted this morning, my sense from speaking to Cowboy sources, who's that? by the way is that the jones family yeah edwarder's talking to the jones family team is working hard to reach agreement with wide receiver amari cooper and that cooper and his agent seem motivated at the moment to get something done to me present indications are he could be signed before a qb dak prescott by the way knocking out the amari cooper deal before dak prescott smart get him under there and by the way whenever you're talking to dak you're like hey we got your guy still here we got your number one weapon we got a great zeke in the backfield we got amari cooper we got this line we got kellen moore still we got all this so everything is lining up for a potential big pitch at dak prescott if not he ends up getting franchise tagged but the amari cooper deal will be done within the next 24 hours you don't see these types of tweets coming out that the player and his agent are motivated to get a deal done unless they truly are because by now amari cooper's people would have came out and said that is not the case it seems like they're both in the same boat right now, rowing in the same direction. Good for the Dallas Cowboys being able to knock off one of their two massive free agent signings that they need to make. Yeah, and the Cowboys, give them credit because they've signed a lot of their key players already, and they have here $75 million in cap space. So you think probably 33 and around 17 probably for Amari and Dak. So that's another, they're still going to have cap space to make some more moves for the Cowboys and set up new coach, new coaching staff for – Nice little year next year. Obligatory Cowboys talk is what we're in the middle of right now. That was Tone Diggs who was breaking down the salary cap. Jerry Jones gets mocked and made fun of a lot for having his hands in a lot of things. I think the roster that they've had on a regular occasion, unless it's just overhyped, is normally loaded with talent, riddled with talent. The conversation has always been Jason Garrett just can't get the job done. What if McCarthy comes in here and they just rattle off Super Bowls, just bing, boom, boom, and Jerry Jones is just like... I knew it wasn't the players. <laughs> I knew it wasn't the players. I knew it was that. My son, Jason Garrett, just couldn't get the job done. That's why we sent him to the Giants, because they stink. That's what we did. It'll be very interesting to see how this all works out. If that's the case, does that make Jerry look worse because he kept him for so long? Yeah, well, it's all oh, it depends on how the Cowboys decide to spin the news. You know what I mean? Yeah. Loyal Loyalty turned out to be Jerry's biggest flaw, it turns out, when the Dallas Cowboys rattle off the next three Super Bowls or playoff runs or whatever it is. Because that team, if they can keep Dak, right? Because if you have a good quarterback, you hang on to that quarterback because it's not easy to find. Now, if they can sign Tom Brady, which some people have alluded to, Mm -hmm. some people have alluded to the fact that Tom Brady could end up as a Dallas Cowboy. And I think that's strictly because these sports talk shows revolve around Tom Brady and the Dallas Cowboys. So if you put them together, (laughs) boom, we got one big show every single day. (laughs) Let's break down the left guards of the Dallas Cowboys. That's what sports talk would become. But Dak Prescott is a guy that by all accounts is a good quarterback right now. 
A lot of reports have them him as the number one free agent if he's to be a free agent over Tom freaking Brady, which is insane to speak about. They've reignited. They've sent another offer to Dak Prescott. And we have not heard from Dak's people. We have not heard from Dak's representation. They haven't leaked any information. We have no clue what he's looking for or what he wants. But let's assume that if he doesn't, he ends up with a franchise tag and we go through this whole thing one year again uh, from now. Do you think they need another weapon besides Amari? They had Randall Cobb last year. And Witten's gone too. So uh, Michael Gallup's pretty good. I mean, it's, he's he's very young, and he was a second round pick. I, th- I think he. I think they do have enough weapons, especially with Zeke in the backfield. Well, and McCarthy drawing a place. Yeah. Mike McCarthy is a great offensive mind. I mean, Kellen Moore has obviously proved himself to Mike McCarthy and to Jason Garrett and to Dak Prescott, I think, and to Jerry Jones to be a good offensive mind. But you bring in one of the all time great coaches in McCarthy, who everybody had forgotten about until that Tom Pelissaro. Uh, special about the McCarthy project he feels like he it feels as if McCarthy is is ready to go like it, it seems like the Cowboys even though every single year they get overhyped right and it's national television every single week because they're America's team and everything like that it feels like this could be another year where we think they could be good again and it, there's a legit chance now if Dak decides not to sign a franchise tag and Dak decides to sit out and there's a bunch of drama like there was last year with Zeke in training in Mexico and coming back. I'll be intrigued to see how that goes. But it feels like the Cowboys could be worth a damn next year. And that's good for the NFL. That's the thing. Like you have this new coaching staff coming in. You would think that at least the Cowboys would motive, be motivated, get a deal done so that Dak doesn't sit out so that you have your starting quarterback there for OTAs and everything when Mike McCarthy's potentially new offense is going to be. Bro, $105 million guaranteed. That's a lot of money. That was so much money that that was leaked by the Cowboys mm-hmm. that they that's what they offered. They said they're reigniting negotiations. So let's assume that's going up a little bit. Right. If the Cowboys are reaching back out, they're going up. That is. That is so much money. Hundred. Now, I'm all about the players getting as much money as possible. Listen, get every single dollar that you can possibly get. Now, granted, I think off the field, when you're the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback, everybody understands that the advertising money, which is sometimes even bigger than the on the field money, is going to be big for Dak Prescott. And he handles himself well. He's a great player. He speaks well. He's funny. He's uh, he's attract. He's everything that you could possibly want if you're the Cowboys as your franchise player, which is why everybody's like, well, why don't they just give him what he wants then and let him be the guy and move on? But whenever you're looking at it from a fan's perspective and from our perspective, whenever you hear that he's getting $105 million guaranteed, it's like, damn. That is a lot of money. How do you look at that on a piece of paper and just go, nah? Like, that is a g- aggressive move by somebody to look at that on a piece of paper and go, no. Because let's say he does get franchise tag. And the ultimate end game of a franchise tag, the, the team hopes, is that you don't play as well as you play. You play well enough to win. They want you to win and be successful because it's good for the team. But they want to be able to offer you a deal that's less than what they currently offered you. That's why they're making you stick around for another year, another prove-it year. That's why players hate it. That's why everybody hates it. That's why that was a big part of this negotiation with the new CBA and why a lot of the superstar players are not happy with this new CBA because of the restrictions on free agency with the franchise tag because guys can't just go get broken off somewhere. But this is this thing where if you look at a piece of paper and it says $105 million and you go, no, man, I, I love that amount of confidence. Like, I love that you're like, no, nah, I'm worth more than that. That's awesome. I think you are, by the way. Dak, I think you, you do whatever you, you are worth whatever somebody is willing to pay you. Huh? Nobody is overvalued. Nobody is undervalued. You are worth exactly what somebody's willing to pay you. That's something that is talked about not only in locker rooms and high paying things, but don't let people tell you you're overvalued or undervalued or you're, you're worth exactly what 
somebody is willing to pay you. $105 million looking at that and just going, nah, not for me, dog. That is awesome. I hope to get to that point in my life one time. Do you think that's the sole hang-up in these negotiations? Because they reported right after that Dak was looking for at least 40 mil a year. And, like, I mean, this would be exactly what you're saying. Like, the Cowboys PR getting it's like, yeah, this guy's going to decline the richest contract offer in NFL history. Especially when in not too recent history or recent history, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson got paid less than what it's rumored to be you that you're going to be getting. And those guys are Super Bowl winning contract or quarterbacks who have been around for. And it's hard to compare anything. It's hard for me to compare what Dak Prescott's going through. Right. And I've made a hilarious amount of money in things. I've been overpaid, which, by the way, you're paid. Exa- you're worth exactly what people are willing to pay you. But I've made. I'm. I got paid way too much to kick a football, right? I got paid way too much to kick a football. I got paid way too much to do a lot of things, right? That's just kind of how it is. And for me to say and put myself in Dak Prescott's shoes and say like, hundred and five million dollars guaranteed is not enough. It kind of sounds like I'm hating a little bit, but it is. I couldn't even fathom being in that spot where it's just like it's monopoly money. Like that's not real money. Like uh, no, we we need at least another fifteen million on that. Like we need one hundred and twenty million guaranteed. Like imagine being in that position. What that would be? That would be insane to be sitting there with whoever his representation is. Mm-hmm. If he has it, I don't know if he has rep. I would assume he does. If he's sitting with his representation, he's like, the agent's like one hundred five million guaranteed. We can do better than that. Dak's like, really? Are you serious? He's like, yeah. I think we get to one hundred twenty. He's like. 105 million is a lot of money, man. Yeah, we can get to 120 million guaranteed, though. Oh, well, damn, let's go get it then. And then it doesn't end up happening, and then it all backfires. That's a wild decision to make. And I think that's where the NFL tries to put you at. Like, hey, we leaked this information so that the fans understand we're trying to give you the richest contract of all time. You kind of look like a guy who's an, a madman turning down $105 million. If this doesn't work out, you look like a, a buffoon. But if it ends up working out where he gets even more money, it's like, yo, more power to Dak for just – uh, that's an insane thought, though. I couldn't even put myself in that position. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to imagine turning down $105 million guaranteed. People, people win Ford Escapes on Wheel of Fortune and celebrate. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They lose their yeah. mind. At stadiums, if somebody catches a free T-shirt, it's, it warrants a almost heart attack, like jump out of their seat. If you get a free hot dog from somewhere, people are piling into a building for a free hot dog. Oh, oh I love hot dogs. <laughs> Zito loves hot dogs more than anybody. But that's the thought. Like, if you win, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was a game-changing, legendary show because somebody won $540,000 after taxes, Mm -hmm. right? Because they won a million dollars. $105 million. He's earned it. He has absolutely earned it. He's been underpaid for the last years. He retired Tony Romo. I very much respect it. But just the conversation sitting in there going like, nah, I don't want it. Nah, 105 is not enough. Give me more. 105 million is not enough money. I mean, what do you want me to do? I, get, I need at least 120, 130, 150 million dollars. <laughs> that would be awesome. We are being joined now by a basketball legend. A man who played 11 years in the NBA was the Big Ten Player of the Year, the 11th pick in the NBA draft. Ladies and gentlemen, from IU, who, 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 Hoosier, Jared Jeffries. <laughs> How are What's you? Up, guys? How are you doing, Mr. Jeffries? What should I call you? JJ, Mr. Jeffries, Jared? JJ is cool. Jay, okay, good. I'm happy that I went with that. I shot my shot there early. JJ, there you go. Uh, love 
what's happening in the NBA right now. Obviously, March Madness is coming up. We'll talk to you about that in a little bit. But the NBA right now, I think it had its greatest Sunday that it's had in a long, long time. That Clippers-Lakers game felt like a playoff game. It felt like all the big stars were trying their absolute hardest. The stigma of the NBA is that guys don't always try hard. I don't think that's always accurate. What say you about the state of the NBA and the effort players are giving? I think that, I mean, playing in the NBA and playing college basketball, the difference is the NBA players are so good. It looks effortless. It looks like, Mm. hey, they're not playing that hard. When the truth and reality is you're taking the top 0.01% of college athletes and you're putting them in the NBA and they're playing against other guys at that level. You know, these are the biggest, strongest, fastest basketball players in the world. So, yeah, there are times when it looks like, hey, they're not playing hard. Where in college, these guys got to play hard. The little guy that's six feet tall, little short legs, little short arms, <laughs> he has to run as hard as he can around in circles. So I think it's a bad stigma on the league. I think the league has always played hard. The difference now, I think, is they've made it such an offensive league. We love seeing guys score 45 points and 12 assists, you know, 35 and 10. The offensive numbers just make the game more pleasant to watch. That's in all sports, by the way. It's happening in the NFL. It happens in lacrosse. It happens in hockey. They're even trying to get them. I mean, every single sport is trying to become a little bit more fantasy revolving, which is a lot of points. I've always been an NBA fan. Always have been. I grew up in Pittsburgh, which is a football town. But late at night, I've told the story. I used to watch the Lakers, and that was whenever Kobe was dominant and Shaq was there. I mean, I've always been so intrigued by the incredible athletes in the NBA. The Best athlete, I think, potentially ever is LeBron James. This man's 35 years old, 17 years in the NBA, taking charges, diving on the floor. He's playing back-to-back games. He looks like he's in better shape than he's ever been, playing better basketball than he's ever played. Why is LeBron James such a different specimen than everybody else that appears in the NBA? I mean, for what you just said, he's probably the greatest athlete, you know, uh, modern generation. I mean, obviously, I didn't see guys like Will Chamberlain. Um, you know, you talked about like Jesse Owens and these guys. You, I wasn't able to see them just because of lack of you know TV reels and stuff like that. But in modern sports, you look at a guy that's six nine, two hundred and sixty five pounds that can move like that and has been relatively injury free for the most minutes in basketball history. I mean, played you know three different Olympics world championships, all-star games, been to the finals eight straight years. The amount, of, the amount of miles on his body and still to look the way that he does, genetics is a big part of it, but then he also spends millions of dollars every year to keep his body in that kind of shape. What is the NBA right now? L.A. and L.A. are obviously in a battle in the West. Don't let the Pelicans get hot. <laughs> Four games out of the West. What is the team that you look at this year? Milwaukee Bucks possibly. Maybe the Raptors who lose Kawhi and are still very dominant. What? Maybe the Boston Celtics. What team are you looking at to really make the long run here? Or do you think it's going to be another LeBron-type finals? <clears throat> I think that as long as – I mean, health is the biggest thing. I mean, you see – Milwaukee is built totally around Giannis. And if Giannis is not 100%, Milwaukee is not the best, probably, they're not the best team in the East. I think that you look at Toronto and Boston could be the best teams in the East if Giannis isn't 100%. And then you look at the Western Conference, um, you know, you've got to have LeBron in top shape. You've got to have AD. So really it all comes down to health. I mean, Denver, if 
um, you know, the Clippers, the Lakers have any kind of health problems, Denver's probably a deeper all-around team that you can look at. Hmm. Um, Boston is probably a deeper all-around team than Milwaukee. So I think it really comes down to health. I mean, last year, if Golden State is healthy, I think we can all agree that Toronto probably doesn't win that championship. True. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, whenever he got hurt, it became a whole different world. Him in – yeah, go ahead. You even look at you even look at when Clay Thompson went down. Mm. They might have lost Game Six. He came back. Didn't Clay Thompson come back like kind of hurt or something? Like, I don't remember. Well, no, he tore his ACL and then he, he tried to come back out and play. Yes, he yes. tore an ACL and they were like they were like, nah, man, you guys go over here and sit down. So I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pivot. Let's pivot real quick. You're the 11th pick in the draft. Um, animal in college basketball, by the absolute animal. Zion yeah. Williamson, animal in high school, animal in college. First pick of the draft. He has transitioned very nicely into the style of NBA basketball. Did you expect that? And how hard is it to go from good college player, great college player, to great NBA player in your eyes? Uh, it's extremely difficult. Um, I think that one of the biggest things is to be a top-level athlete. You go back in the history of those guys that are just super elite athletes. You look at Kevin Garnett, um, Kobe Bryant, Vince Carter, um, Amari Stoudemire, guys that had really good transitions from you know amateur basketball to professional basketball. They were elite-level athletes. So it didn't matter how old they were. When they come into the NBA, the athleticism puts them on an equal playing field as everybody else. Yeah, Zion, we're showing clips right now, or pictures of Zion. His head is at the rim. His, <laughs> oh, it's incredible. Oh, and Lonzo, by the way, I didn't think he was that great in L.A. I don't know how the setup was for him to be great. He has really found a game in New Orleans, and he seems to be a great tag team partner of Zion in this thing as well. He is what he is, man. He's going to be a winning basketball player, not quite as good as Jason Kidd, but in that same mold. I mean, you know, you go back, he won't have the years that Jay Kidd had, but if you go back and look at some of the years that Jay Kidd had outside of his, you know, stellar years in the league, you know, 17, 16 points a game, eight, nine assists, three for like, that's who Lonzo can be with the right system and the right team. He can't be your first or second best player he needs to be like your third fourth fifth best player and he can fit that role very well we're talking to jared jeffries 11 years in the nba big 10 player of the year at one point and all american led iu to a title game whenever he was with the indiana hoosiers march madness is coming up has to feel good this time of year do you still keep up with the college basketball world and who are some teams that we should look for and bet massively on you know, I keep up with college for the same reason that you do. The first week of March Madness, I go out <laughs> to a sports book and just sit there all day. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing better than Vegas or March Madness. I mean, honestly, it is magical. If you've never done it, it's big time. It's fun. Um, I mean, I think Kansas has shown how good they can be, um, you know, with their talent level. I, I like I like Florida State. Um just because defensively, the NCAA, the game slows down so much. Teams get nervous. They play not to lose. So I think teams that can really lock up defensively have a good chance. Um, West Virginia. Oh. 
I think that you have to look at outlier teams, and especially I, I look at I look at real large um, spreads. If the spread's too big, then I always go with that. Um, but I think you see this year in college basketball how important it is to get rid of the one and done players and have guys commit to college for the long haul. I think that the transfer portal that they have is terrible for college basketball because now kids leave and jump around from school to school. It's too much, um, and I think it shows too much parity, and you want those dominant teams in college basketball because you want to be able to cheer against them. Jared, you were drafted by the Wizards and, and played a little bit with MJ. Did he, is there any good stories about you coming in and what he said to you as a rookie coming in? I mean, it, everything about him is a good story. I mean, we, <laughs> we, uh, the story I always tell is we used to come out for warm-ups uh, you go out in the NBA with about 20 on the clock before a pregame. And so you go out there, you know, 20 on the clock, and MJ would always come out with like 14 on the clock or 13 on the clock. So one day I go up to him, and I was like, M, why don't you run out where we run out? Like, why do you always – because, like, we run out, and the crowd would, like, stand up and cheer, and they kind of – you'd kind of hear him saying, like, where's Michael? Where's Michael? And then when he ran out with, like, you know, clock, another standing ovation, the whole crowd would go crazy. And I was like, Em, why don't you run out with us, man? He goes, because they're here for me. They're not here for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that's a great point, man. I, I appreciate that. So, like, the whole year he would run out, like, after we did. And, I mean, the crowd would go nuts just for him. So, he, would, like, he showed us that, like, just so y'all know, you know, you guys are good and whatever, but they'd be fans here to see me, baby. <laughs> what a legend. What an absolute. Oh, absolute, absolute legend. Uh, every single thing about him, legendary? Like, even uh, yeah, you, you got to rush. I mean, yeah. I mean, you go. You, I remember, like, coming up, man, we would, we would like, go to places. And um, this is before, this is just cell phones. I mean, yeah. everybody, I think the first Blackberries had maybe just come out. But I mean, for the most part, you just called somebody. You didn't, you know, you didn't, you just had cell phones, like like flip phones and stuff like that. We would go to a restaurant or a bar, and by the time, this would be like in cities like Orlando, by the time that we'd left, there'd be a thousand people outside those <laughs> venues because word of mouth would travel so fast that Michael Jordan was having dinner here or like having a drink here. And people would get in their cars and just drive to these locations just for the hope or the glimpse that they would see Michael Jordan. Oh. Like that's, there, was, there was no video proof. There were no camera phones. It was just word of mouth. And that's how crazy it was. Oh, my God. Just think about Michael Jordan, by the way. He looked over at Jared, too. He's like, yeah, you see all those people banging on the windows? Those are for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it used to be. I mean, it used to be hilarious because – I mean, we would go places, and um, and all these people would be there, and he would pick the most random, like he'd be like, "Jared, you know, go do," he'd be like, "Yo, go see if you can find." We'd be in Milwaukee, like on a, on a late night, and he'd be like, "Go see if you can find me two pizzas." It's like two in the morning in Milwaukee. I'm like, "What the heck do you find two pizzas in Milwaukee?" <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, it was. Everything about, like, even the next year, so he played my rookie year with me, every game was sold out, every home game, every road game. And he really did, man. He sucked it up. He got his knee drained a couple times. 
and he would go out there and play. As long as he could get out there on the court and play, man, he played every single game at 40 years old. It was crazy because he lives by the same rule LeBron lives by, by Kobe, all these guys. They didn't believe in rest. They didn't believe in that because they knew how much it meant for those fans in the stands to see them, to say that, you know, I saw Michael Jordan, I saw Kobe Bryant, I saw LeBron James. There was no such thing as load management and, you know, their legs were tired. If they can get out there and play, they get out there and play. And I think that that's what makes the NBA so amazing is that these superstars that are almost superheroes to us got out there and played. And I, I always had so much respect for him for doing that because I saw him get his knee drained before games, you know, and still go out there and play. And, and, and you know, and still average 20 points, five rebounds and five assists as a 40-year-old man, which is tough. Well, Jared, I appreciate you so much for those stories. That was amazing. Need to have you back on. I appreciate the hell out of you. we got to get to a break because we're about to run into a hard out. But I appreciate you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, 11-year NBA vet, Big Ten Player of the Year, All-American, Jared Jeffries. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. See ya. Great stories about Michael Jordan. Attention, everyone. Dell's President's Day sale is still on. Save up to $400 on monumental tech deals. Shop savings now with amazing deals on Dell and Alienware computers with Intel Core processors. That's huge savings on everything from Dell computers to Samsung TVs. Plus, get free shipping on everything. Visit dell.com slash President's Day or call 800 by dell That's 800 by dell All right, that's it. Big thanks to the guests today. They were absolutely remarkable. Incredible, as always. I loved listening to... Jared Jeffries. That story about Michael Jordan was awesome. Awesome. Wasn't expecting that. And Jared Jeffries was incredible, and also... Pops, former teammate. Pops a legend, man. 16 years in the NFL, you got to be a real athlete. Make sure you use hashtag this is where I'm at, Pat, to let us know where the hell you're at. And uh, I might be in the final four right now of the NIT of a mm-hmm. podcast tournament right now at ftw.usatoday.com. Um, if I'm still alive, if we didn't get eliminated yesterday in the Elite Eight, which is possible, but if I'm still alive and you find some time today, would love your vote to push us through from the Final Four to the NIT Championship. Yeah. The NIT Podcast Bracket Championship. If you have some time, if you have some time, this is where I'm at, Pat. Do your thing. We appreciate you. Hey, we're not going to force you to do anything around here. Nope. Never. The fact that you choose to listen to us, we're thankful. And we'll see you tomorrow. Ty Schmidt, play some independent music.